Let's begin now. Breaking news. I'm serious. Via Adam Schefter involves a former Chiefs player. With all the backup quarterback movement, one team checked in on this week's recently retired quarterback, Chad Henney, and made him an offer to return. Chad Henney said, thank you, but no thank you. I had to do it. I have to ruin your day the way that my day consistently gets ruined. It's not really ruined. It's just, as I was telling Carrington Harrison as he left the studio and I entered, we always have like a two-minute conversation. But it was very musty in here when he left. I don't know if that means anything. But it was there was a there was a warm aroma in here. Seat very warm, let it air out a little bit. I don't know what's going on with C dot, but a little musty. From musty to dusty, here we are after our 610 Sports Radio. But Chad Henney, that's that's kind of funny. Retires, has the great photo holding the Bud Light with the Super Bowl confetti all over the field. Some team reaches out. Hey, you want to come back this up? No. Nah. I kind of just left the greatest gig in the world. I had a highlight against the Cleveland Browns. We all remember the Henny slide. We're my fist pump. Got a recent ring out of this deal. Why go play for anybody else? But again, with all the backup quarterback movement, one team checked in on this week's recently retired quarterback, Chad Henney, and made him an offer to return per source. Henney declined the offer and remains retired, comma, for now. Um, As you've seen, all these moves happen within the last couple hours. I found this interesting, uh, Blake. So you're familiar with uh, Megan Fox? That I am. Okay. Scale of one to ten. Yeah, see, I'm, I like a, I like personality, and it really ruins it yeah. if you don't have it. So I'm gonna give her like a like a seven one six eight. Tough scale. Um, is there anybody out there that you might do this with? Rank each other's blood might mislead people, or like people are imagining us with like goblets, and we're like Game of Thrones drinking each other's blood. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only (laughs) it is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it he's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like take my soul let me bleed on you (laughs) it doesn't not happen let me tell you maybe not exactly like that but it a version of that has happened uh, many times okay you ever gotten so serious you're drinking blood of your uh, significant other? Don't do it. It's a big hell to the no there, Dusty. Okay. Yeah, because they're no longer uh, together, so I don't think the blood ritual worked out. I don't know if there's if there's anybody that I would I would consume blood with. Also, I mean, what's the? I want to know what ritual they're doing. I mean, that's on some Not goblins. that's, that's Not some Game Satanistic type stuff right there. Mm. I mean, maybe if maybe if. Uh, Margot Robbie came calling. If Margot Robbie was like, hey, drink this, and I was like, okay, I don't know what it is, and she said, blood, there we go. If that's the, if, for Margot, for sure, that's a 9 3. She's a 9 3. I don't know. 
Yeah, Margot Robbie, man, that might be number one. You know what's even weirder is the fact that I like grew up when like I was a huge, massive MGK fan forever, and now it's like, ah, dude. Didn't he get like punked by Eminem, and now he's like irrelevant? Well, not, no, now he's a punk. He's a punk star. First off, he I I don't think he got punked by Eminem. What? I, I like think a it was a where Eminem just completely shuts him down. Yeah, he was already working on the punk <laughs> yeah, album beforehand, and then he went on to win man. punk album of the year, rock album of the year. So I mean, did you really lose? Yeah, I mean, he got Megan Fox for a while, and well, he's, I think he lost now. <laughs> yeah, and he he cuts his chest and says, "Drink my blood." Megan Fox. Uh, I don't know. She was a vampire in that movie. Yeah. If she bit me, I'd probably be like, eh, it is what it is. Schmiz what it schmiz. Uh, hey, Dusty, you bet on any games tonight? Man, we're watching the Southeast Missouri game because I, I can bet live because I'm here in Kansas. And uh, I think this is going to be an interesting one because their odds might change. This game is 18 to 19. This is just degenerate hour. Um, but uh, we got to get into some news today. And, Blake, I don't know if you've ever had something where somebody has told you something and you might have had it on the back of your head where you're like, or the back of your brain where you're like, there's probably this thing about me that I know is there, but I don't like to admit it. But other people, when they, when they do admit it, it happens. And boy, that happened to Orlando Brown today via Adam Schefter. I think the Chicago Bears make this move. I think it's taking so long, Schefter. You would know more than me because it's going to be a mega deal. That's not why. Mm. That's not why. Essentially, it was a case where I think that Orlando Brown was talking to the Chiefs. The deal didn't get done. The Chiefs moved on with Juwan Taylor, and now Orlando Brown is looking to find a new home. The Bears were in on Mike McGlinchey, didn't get him. He went to Denver. Chicago would seem to make a lot of sense, but he wants a lot of money, and some teams were thinking in other areas. I don't know if they realize he's a left tackle. Not a right tackle. No, the league views him as a right tackle. He wants to be paid as a left tackle. And so I think okay. that also enters right. into it. There's, okay. a, there's a whole host of factors here that are playing in. And I'll say this also. If you're a free agent, yeah, a top free agent, your deal needs to be agreed to almost always on the first day of free agency. Right. If it's not agreed to on the first day from there, the price is usually speaking to slide. Oh, boy. Well, I did not me. think they looked at him like that, so maybe a humble realization. And if we remember last year, we had Orlando Brown Jr. He had a first-time agent. It was an experiment that he was going to do and try to test the market. And now he is asking for left tackle money, but Schefter is hearing that the league views him as a right tackle. May not be in the cards for Orlando Brown Jr. And this is one of those things where the NFL market is tough, but it's also friendly. Last year, if you were Christian Kirk, you were just absolutely collecting. Christian Kirk's pretty good. Damn good receiver. Hit the market at the right time. Orlando Brown Jr. hit the market at the right time, just at the wrong position. And this is another one of those footnotes where you can sit back and you can say, you know what, this is why you trust Brett Beach. Now, we still kind of all agree that the Bears are probably going to pay Orlando Brown Jr., but the Bears are making a lot of moves. And all of these moves do not involve left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. They involve other things, trades, to acquire receivers, to acquire linemen, to acquire defensive players. Yet Orlando Brown Jr., who he thinks is going to play the top four position, position in the NFL at left tackle, 
Teams aren't viewing him as that. And if he is going to play left tackle, he's going to get right tackle money, which is something that I think was probably the argument that went through the Chiefs and Orlando Brown's camp. Hey, I want to be paid this. Well, you're not going to get paid that because the, the league and we don't view you as that. And I would think that the Chiefs do most things fair. Even the Tyree Kill thing seemed fair. There are many reports that they were in discussions of 23 to $24 million. Devontae Adams gets signed. Tyreek averts to that. Next thing you know, he wants top money. Chiefs are like, well, we're willing to do this. We're not willing to do that. Tyreek says, okay, well, then I'd like to seek a trade to somebody who will give me that money, and it happened. The Chiefs fast forward in life. They look at Orlando Brown Jr. Hey, man. So the pressures were there. The QB hits were there. Top left tackles. Here's their numbers. Here's yours. Here's where we look at it from an economic viewpoint. Here's where you're looking at it. You're more than welcome to go out and test the market and go against what we think you're owed. Is he still going to get more than what the Chiefs are offering him? Probably. More than likely. The market will eventually get to a point where it's like, okay, he's the best left. We're going to go ahead and give him this money. But you heard Adam Schefter and what he said. As the days go on and your name continues to be there, that means one thing. The money is not where you thought it was. Because if Orlando Brown Jr., who believed in himself to be one of the best left tackles in the league and could get signed immediately, he did not. Other offensive tackles are getting signed, traded for. The Chiefs decided to give what they gave to Juwan Taylor. 60 guaranteed, 80 overall. Obviously, the contract will fluctuate throughout his time here. But again, it also gives you the little bit of thought Maybe it's just me that maybe the Chiefs can regain control. Because from what we know about Dwan Taylor from last night's discussions with Ron Cobb Jr., with audio we've heard from Jeff Schwartz, who was on the drive yesterday, from many people that follow this sport way more diligently than I do, said that Dwan Taylor was very, very athletic and didn't really give a lot of pressures. Again, didn't play left tackle, but did play 100% of snaps, 100% of snaps, 100% of snaps, 98. Never missing games. And he's much more athletic. The Chiefs have done this move before where they've taken a right tackle and made them a left tackle. It just happened with the guy that we were talking about to lead the show. But again, the humble realization that you may not get that much money, that you may be looking for a different offer. And hey, by the way, good luck knocking back on the Chiefs door and thinking maybe there's a chance you stay if that is the case. And you can get him for right tackle money. You have to flirt with that thought process. Because if Orlando Brown Jr. is in fact a top five right tackle, may not be and probably is not a top five left tackle, then Patrick Mahomes may never get touched again. Which is exactly what you want. So my question to myself and maybe to some of you is that if Orlando Brown Jr. is upset and not going to get the money that he thought he'd get, we're still here. We'll talk to you. We tried to tell you. What about a right tackle? What about going back to your original spot? I know you want to play left tackle, but let's be honest. You want to play left tackle and you want to be a great left tackle because you want to get left tackle money. Sorry to inform you, but today was a day where the left tackle money might not be going there. Now, if you want to come back on a one-year deal, play a lot of good right tackle, and then maybe become the highest paid right tackle in the history of the NFL, Might work out for both points. 
913-586-7610. Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Somebody said that you think Brady comes out of retirement to back up Mahomes so he can keep rings going. I've heard that. That was a discussion I think they had on the drive a couple weeks ago. No. No. I think if Brady's going to play, he's going to start. If he's going to go out there and risk his body again, he's going to go do it again. He's going to go out there and play. I mean, he was a top three passer in the league. Yeah. Because a lot of people said at the combine that was the highest or the hottest rumor out there. Somebody says most celebrities sold their soul to the devil. Drinking blood is just part of it. It gets worse. I remember Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie had like vials of blood that they wore around their necks. No longer together. I remember Joey Jordson was the drummer for Slipknot. He sold a bunch of his drumsticks that were actually uh, cased with his blood all over the drumsticks. That's disgusting. Also, Jennifer's body, she was a vampire. She drank people's blood, ate them, and then had pointy teeth. I'd say that's as pretty close to a vampire as you get. Somebody from the text line disagrees. 913 says, are you talking about Jennifer's body? She wasn't a vampire. Buffy Buffy the But Buffy the Vampire Slayer, man, that was something else. Also not a vampire. Sarah Michelle Gellar, man. She was a vampire slayer. Uh, On the other side, the division today and what it looks like now, I can't really promise you anything, but I can promise you this. There's a futures bet, and it probably looks exactly like the one you placed last year in regards to the AFC and the AFC West. I explain why on the other side. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run. Try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Texas is coming after you. Jenner's body was demon-possessed, not a vampire. All right, whatever. Well, pretty big difference. One is not able to eat garlic or see themselves in the mirror and allergic to wood. No pun. Um, And the other ones are just, like, possessed from the lord of the underworld. That's why, if you've ever wondered why people call me the dirty werewolf, rise of the lichens, they're werewolves. Dusty's a synonym for dirty. From the underworld. I got it. We could get dirty tonight. We just never know where this show goes. I'm down. Somebody said, sorry, Dusty. Thought my days are all messed up. Games are tomorrow and Thursday. That's right. You can still bet tonight. Uh, Southeast Missouri State made a comeback. They're down 22-28. Four minutes left in the first half. Live betting them just a minute ago. They were plus 300. You could be a little, you know, a little quiche. A little quiche on there to win a little bit of a little quiche to get you going for the, the big tournament. I did talked to Blake earlier and thought about just taking like all the big 12 teams in a parlay TCU unfortunately in Oklahoma were not available because teams would be determined so there's no there's no line I really want to jump in on this Southeast Missouri State comeback though 16 versus 16 plus it's Mizzou man um I don't know Texas has the Lord on their side there yeah Corpus Christi man there's a three there from uh, Southeast Missouri now 25 28 now the odds are getting worse should have done it should have should have pulled the trigger should have done it. Um, so, somebody says uh, the blood stuff must be two American things. That's uh, Reggie Nanaheim. He's going to like the topic earlier. I bet him a uh, Chipotle burrito bowl, and I think I'm going to lose that bet because of the Schefter audio that we heard earlier. As in the days keep going, the contracts seem to get a little bit lighter, which is never good uh, if you make a bet. So the division of the AFC West – 
If there's ever been a lock bet for a futures bet, boy, it's the Chiefs in the AFC West next year. Because like last year, where changes were made to adapt to what is the dominant team in the league, those moves were terribly made. Russell Wilson to the Broncos got everybody's attention that the Broncos might just be the team to do it. And the Broncos sucked. And then everybody thought, well, Justin Herbert's got another year under his belt. They signed Mike Williams. Keenan Allen's still there. Austin Eckler's still there. And truth be told, you lost to the Chiefs twice. And they beat you in one game with the same play they beat you last year. And it was kind of funny. And then you look at Vegas. And Vegas goes and gets Devontae Adams, changes coaches when they probably shouldn't have, and the Raiders sucked. This year, we look at what the moves have been regarding the division now. And the Broncos change head coaches. They go to Sean Payton. They rebuild an offensive line to try to build a sturdiness around Russell Wilson because he's not the mobile quarterback he once was. And I think they got the harsh reality of that this year where he was just getting sacked. He couldn't throw the ball in time. He was throwing interceptions. He couldn't throw touchdowns because he was worried about getting out in time. It didn't work. And Russell Wilson, I think we all believe, still is not good. I think that is just one of those realizations where you go get a guy that's available that you think can kind of change things, give you an uptick in success in your division, and it didn't work out, and it's still not going to work out. And Sean Payton, who was surrounded with Drew Brees' talent, who I do believe is a good coach, but I do not think he can fix Russell Wilson, even if they have bulked up their offensive line and went and signed a veteran in Smaje Piran. I still think they're going to make a move where they trade one of these receivers and try to bulk up on the offensive special team or specialists to support Russell Wilson, even though they have Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton as of right now, and their running back, Javante Williams, is also a very good skill position player. He's got the pieces. Do they keep him? The Chargers are also very interesting right now as Austin Eckler is now able to go out and seek a trade. Keenan Allen is another year older. Health has been an issue, but they're adding defensive help. So they're trying to pad up against what might be something against Patrick Mahomes, but also their offense is weakening. So again, you are not a complete team that can compete with what is the top or the cream of the crop at the top of the division. And then you go look at the Las Vegas Raiders. If I can go on record as of today and say that I think the Las Vegas Raiders will be better than last year than next year, I'll go ahead and say that. The Raiders weren't very good. That's not really a far-stretched cry of a bold take. But they add Jimmy Garoppolo. But in the addition of Jimmy Garoppolo, the big news out of Vegas camp today is they release, or they trade Darren Waller to the Giants for a third-round pick, which was basically the pick that they got from the Chiefs for Kadarius Toney. And now the Giants continue to build around their quarterback, and the minute that Jimmy Garoppolo is signed with the Raiders, they give him Nikhil Harry and lose Darren Waller. Now, they still have Josh Jacobs, even though his tweet was kind of concerning today where he sends, like, this crying emoji and not understanding what's going on. But you still have Josh McNugget as your head coach. They also brought in Nikhil Harry or Jacoby Myers? Jacoby Myers. I'm sorry, Jacoby Myers, the other New England wide receiver. So Jacoby Myers goes to the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Raiders. And then they get rid of Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro's still there. Devontae Adams still there. 
Josh Jacobs currently still there. They did bring in some AJP Ryan as well. Denver did. Ah, I'm sorry. You're right. We mentioned that earlier. Garoppolo, though, as a career starter, 40 and 17 with a 67.8 completion percentage, 8.3 yards in attempt, five passing touchdowns, or averaging five passing touchdowns, four playoff wins. Derek Carr, passing touchdown percentage, 4.4. Passing yards attempt, 7.1. Completion percentage, 64.6. Overall record, 63 and 79. Not great. Playoff wins we didn't discuss because he has none. So I do think out of all the teams that maybe can change their path and maybe be a little bit more competitive than they were last year, because I don't really see either teams outside of Vegas being any more competitive or slightly more competitive than they were last year. And the Raiders are still not going to be good. The Broncos are not going to be good because of what they have at quarterback. And the Chargers are going to have a completely new offense with a court with a head coach that's kind of lost in the first couple of years as a head coach. So again, hammer it. Hammer the Chiefs in the AFC West future. Hammer the Chiefs in the AFC. Because outside the AFC West, what are the scary teams? Cincinnati? That's who I would have seen. That's what I would agree with, is that the Cincinnati Bengals are probably the, still the most scariest team to compete against the Chiefs. I'm not worried about the Bills. They seem a little sketchy right now, even though they did clear cap space last night. Reworking Von Miller and Josh Allen's contracts, creating 34 bill, 34 billion, 34 million in cap space. And out of the NFL world, as breaking news goes, before we go to our break, the Falcons are re-signing right tackle Caleb McGarry to a three-year, $34.5 million deal. Poor Ian Rappaport. So... Orlando Brown, you want to come play another year for like 25 mil right tackle and then go get real big right tackle money up to you. Also, this is interesting. According to Ian Rappaport, Panthers are expected to host former Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen on a visit tomorrow. The veteran has plenty left and Carolina will get the first look. So Frank Reich still making some moves as the newly head coach acquired by the Carolina Panthers up on the other side. I think we have a little bit of a vision in place of what is this Aaron Rodgers circus. This isn't the uh, out of left field eight o'clock question, but if there's a place specifically in like Lee summit, that does like music trivia night. I think I need to get into it. And I'm not normally cocky. Some people might disagree. I don't think I am. Confidence is a different discussion. But Jabril Peppers to the New England Patriots. Breaking news. But man, I could I feel like I really could do very well. Very well. In a music trivia thing. Because, like, a lot of times they'll play, like, I think I got this song in, like, four seconds. Not even that. I think it was, like, three seconds. It was, it was two seconds. And I know you get, like, more points the quicker you can turn it in. I think I need to get on somebody's team. So, if you got a, if you need a team member, 913-586-7610, just know that Royals baseball is coming up. 
this program's not going to be on the air because you're going to get Royals baseball and Josh Verner, which is a very, very addition by subtraction type of move, if you ask me. So for those of you that think that I'm cocky, uh, think again. But again, this is uh, earlier this morning, this was the roundup around the league, is that the Chargers grant running back Austin Eckler permission to seek a trade. The Saints brought back Michael Thomas on a reworked deal, of course. Uh, James Bradbury is back with the Philadelphia Eagles. They wanted to hold on to their star corner. See, kids, you can mess up on the biggest stage and cost your team a Super Bowl and still get rewarded. So take that for morals. Take that with you the rest of the day. Like when you're a teacher, if you're in your car with your parents, listen to me carefully. It's okay to mess up. Even in the biggest stage, you can still get rewarded for it. You can fail a test, and you can still pass the class with a B. So. According to Travis Kelsey, you can uh, fail school, smoke some weed, and still win two Super Bowls. So I'm not advocating that to the children, but that is also true. But how about that? James Bradbury, man, you got made fun of, humbled, all the way back down to ground zero. And here we go. Is that because they're going to, because of the Darius Slay situation going on right now, they wanted to lock up Brad, but does that have any foreshadowing on Slay's situation? No, I just think that he's really good at what he does, and he's in a market that can get that money, whether you're willing to pay those guys or not. Not everybody's the Kansas City Chiefs where they have a guy that can find that type of talent later in the rounds, and I think they just really like what they have in James Bradbury. He's not that old of a player. He's pretty good at what he does. And uh, every once in a while he gets caught for uh, holding. Just so happened to be in the Super Bowl against Juju Smith-Schuster, and then it is what it is. Uh, so the Aaron Rodgers thing, man, like, this is quite enter- entertaining to me. But this Aaron Rodgers situation should say enough about what he is and what he wants. Because I think we all know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right? I think we all know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do tomorrow. And if you don't believe me, I'll say it for you loud and clear. He's going to announce that he's going to the Jets on Pat McAfee's show tomorrow because why? He doesn't like anybody that works in the NFL. He stays close to his friends. Pat McAfee is one of his best friends. And why not give Pat McAfee the stage to announce the biggest free agent move in all of the offseason thus far, right? Would you say you're more pining for the Lamar Jackson situation to become clearly obvious or the Aaron Rodgers thing? Because I think with Aaron Rodgers, you just want to hear it be over. Please let it be done. Please just make it official. I'm tired of waking up every morning and seeing this happen. Pat McAfee today said this. Aaron Rodgers has provided the New York Jets with a wish list of free agents he would like them to target and acquire per sources. It includes Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and... Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. What? Okay, so we were... All right, so we were... We were right. Hey, <laughs> that was perfect. Hey, hey okay. Look at us, right dude. Right the money. Uh-huh. Makes sense. AJ, what do you know? What? You know some, AJ. You know, Come on. So you're telling, me, are you telling me that they're going to sign Lazard and Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen business-wise. Well, and they got to sign Aaron. That's well, a wish list, though. They have to. Yeah, get them. I like it. It says wish list. It says yeah. wish list. Didn't yeah. Aaron even say on here, though, he's not going to, like, hold anybody hostage for play. Like, he obviously has guys he wants... 
but he's not going to let it ruin things. What Exit. if he comes out and says, I'll play for one million bucks? Just give me... It'd be nuts. <laughs> he wouldn't, obviously. He said rework, not renegotiate yeah, right. mm -hmm. his contract to figure that whole thing out. But imagine if the Packers start attacking like the first rounders with weapons and everything, completely opposite of what they've done. Yep. And Aaron decides like, yeah, I don't need any money to go do that. It's like two jaded exes. So it would be kind of ironic if the Packers were to move on, which I think that they all are, and I think that we all know that we can put the pieces together. That Pat McAfee is going to let Aaron Rodgers come on his show, which he always does on Wednesdays. And Pat McAfee has announced already on Twitter that his big guest is on tomorrow. A.J. Hawk is there. You cannot tell me that A.J. Hawk doesn't know some things. Pat McAfee knows some things. And they're gearing up for the Rodgers decision tomorrow. It kind of feels like the Aaron Rodgers situation went from being what was the Brett Favre situation to like the LeBron James decision slash LeBron James going to the Lakers. Because if you remember, the LeBron James decision was dragging on and dragging on. It was still a cool thing because we had never really seen anything like it. And proceeds went to a good cause. At least that's what they told us. And then when he goes to the Lakers, he's like, well, I want Anthony Davis. I want Russell Westbrook. I want these guys. I want this guy. And we'll make it our team. And I thought it was funny today that Carrington Harrison of the drive was like Aaron Rodgers said, well, you guys don't give any weapons. You guys don't give any targets. And now he's taking all those guys that he badmouthed, basically, and he's bringing them over to the Jets. And he's giving the Jets a wish list. He's brainwashing the New York Jets. Yes, Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back -back MVPs two years ago, three years ago. Last year, Mahomes, obviously the MVP. Aaron Rodgers better have it still. And Aaron Rodgers better play his damn heart out because nothing, and I, I won't call people divas. I'm sure I have, but I try to refrain from that these days because I don't truly know everybody. But this just kind of seems like that spoiled kid you went to school with that's writing his Christmas list down. And everything on there seems a bit egregious. You're like, really going to ask your parents for all that? Oh, okay. In the back of your mind, you're like, well, that kid better appreciate all those toys he's getting. Just like Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, putting them through this. The Jets had kind of made that turn last year. Yes, quarterback play was rough. Defense looked great. Defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. Offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall was a stud until he got hurt. He'll be back next year. And now he's saying he wants to add these little nuggets to his offense. And also on that wish list is one Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr., Reggie in Anaheim, is seeking 18 to $20 million to come play in the NFL. Some would say it's 15 to 20. It's 18 to 20 million. But in the end of the day, this is still pretty entertaining. Because Aaron Rodgers is more entertaining situation than the Lamar Jackson. The Lamar Jackson situation is bonkers. The Aaron Rodgers situation is double bonkers. Wish list, free agent wide receiver, when they've got a couple of targets already on the team, but he wants to add more. You're playing the role of a GM. And you're kind of a, well... You kind of give off like narcissistic vibes. 
kind of give off it's all about me, but I'm going to make it look like it's somebody else's fault because you just don't understand. But hey, maybe this is what he saw in that room when he was all blacked out, no lights, getting fed through a slit, and he was butt naked. I don't know if he was naked, but I assume he was just because he was meditating and just trying to find himself. I'm just going to go with it. But again, man, you better get it right when you go over to to the Jets and you put all these wish lists together and you're trying to get high-priced free agent wide receivers who are has-beens. I don't think Odell's got anymore. You know, he he tried out for Dallas, and then Dallas kind of ruined that whole excitement. But if Odell Beckham wants anywhere from 15 or 18 to $20 million, I don't know what that says for Juju. Would you give Odell Beckham Jr. more money than Juju Smith-Schuster? Tough question to ask. Coming up on the other side, addition by subtraction. What's it mean? I'll tell you because they had some audio this morning on Good Morning Football. Blake, Dusty, this is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on After Hours. I don't know this one. I, I failed my first. I should know this. This sounds familiar. I'll give you a hint. Ruin my day. Just tell me. Same band. Same The Clash. Uh, London Calling. Yeah, I should have known. That's like their main song, isn't it? I like the one they have, which is, uh, what is it? It's like, uh, I can't think of it right now. I'm just terrible at this. I have it right here. Now I have to look it up because it's bothering me. That's the answer I'd uh, assume from a music trivia all-star. I know, dude. I really shot myself in the foot here. Um, I even gave you the same band. (laughs) Yeah, that's bad on my part. Bad on my part. Um, Train in Vain. That's probably my favorite Clash song. Or Rock the Cash Bar. From the 417, I wonder what Aaron Rodgers will wish for the next year when he goes to the Vikings. Oh. Hopefully he's not sending pictures to random reporters because that's what Aaron, that's what Brett Favre did. Hopefully he doesn't own Crocs either. Mm. Or have a mole in an obscure place. That's allegedly, I think, what happened. I don't know that for a fact. Um, this audio this morning uh, was on Good Morning Football. They kind of explain explained the whole like addition by subtraction narrative that is what happened with the Chiefs yesterday? So I tell you, we talked about his performance leading up to the Super Bowl, how it was going to be an impact on whether or not they could win the Super Bowl if he could contain Hassan Reddick. And he balled out. He had probably one of the, probably the best game of his career mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. And you know what happens? He got paid. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy for Andrew Wiley. I'm happy that a guy who wasn't a you know high draft pick and you know he kind of had to earn his spot, I'm happy they got paid by the Washington Commanders. It's a big loss. So they signed Jawan Taylor. And to your point and that, to your question, Jawan Taylor's probably not going to play right tackle. Like, he's going to end up playing left tackle, which is exactly what the Chiefs did a couple years ago when they signed Orlando Brown from the Baltimore Ravens, who was originally a right tackle and ended up playing left tackle uh, for Ronnie Stanley. So I think this is actually a huge upgrade athletically 
for the Chiefs because mm. Jawan Taylor is a much more athletic tackle. You're going to see him out pulling in space like you saw him out there. He's much more athletic um, in his past sets. Orlando Brown, a little bit more of a mauler. Orlando Brown, he had a rough year last year at left tackle. He gave up a lot of pressures, a lot of quarterback hits. Um, Jawan Taylor, I think he gave up 16 pressures all of last season. So it's an upgrade from a pass protection standpoint. The run game, a little bit different. So I'll be curious to see how that how they handle that. But with Mahomes, he's going to love having an athletic guy out there on his left side. So you see what happens there, right? Like you you lose an Orlando Brown, but you gain someone who is, you know, maybe a lot more athletic, not going to allow the pressures. And Wiley's gone, but you gain an athlete with a new left tackler with a similar situation that you had two years ago with Orlando Brown Jr. I feel this is also a win for Jawan and the Chiefs. Why? He is still young. The contract is what it is. The years, the money. We know how these will go when it comes to the way the NFL works. And if Dewan Taylor goes out there and plays left tackle and becomes a good left tackle and possibly a top five left tackle, then he will be in the same similar situation that you see Orlando Brown Jr. in. But if he is, in fact, more athletic and allows fewer pressures and doesn't have the, well, disappointing season that they mentioned on Good Morning Football, then... Juan Taylor will actually get paid and will actually make good money in the market. He'll prove himself. The numbers will be there and we'll see how his sort of world goes as he goes on as a chiefs left tackle. I also prove, or this also proves that you can get money by protecting what the chiefs value most, which is Patrick Mahomes. And I would say that one of the reasons why Brett Veach and the Chiefs franchise kind of stalled with talks with Orlando Brown Jr. was he, again, we talked about this in the lead, was saying that he was wanting top left tackle money. You got a guy that didn't get top left tackle money. You're going to convert him to a left tackle. Maybe. Maybe. Because there is still the, well, possibility that the Chiefs and Laramie Tunzel could be in talks. And Landry Locker on the drive today had mentioned something that Tunsil would fit pretty good with the Chiefs, but not only with the Chiefs as a roster, but also in the, the locker Tunsil room. The Tunsil thing just doesn't make sense. He would fit in perfectly in the locker room. I mean, he's not a dramatic guy. Uh, honestly, Laramie just cares about his money and just chilling. Like, that's, that's really his thing. He's going to be professional. He's going to handle it. So, I don't think we get to a point here where, you know, Laramie's like demanding a trade or anything like that. Uh, it just, it just seems I, I would find it. I, I know Aaron, Aaron's a good guy. I just, I find that hard to believe that the chiefs uh, would do it. Hard to believe that the chiefs would do it. Hard to believe that they would trade for Laramie tons. Don't know what the money looks like. Don't know where you would kind of put that into your budget when you're looking at it from Brett Veach's standpoint. But again, you moved Juan Taylor over. You do lose Andrew Wiley. You still have guys like Lucas Niang that you can kind of hopefully think that he could stay healthy, that he could possibly kind of find himself a role on this team and really solidify himself as a solid right tackle in this league. He did well while he played. It's just the question of can he stay on the field and stay healthy? If that's the case, and you do have this kid who is consistently on the field and consistently a athletic protector because, like they said in the audio, again, 
Orlando Brown Jr. gave up a lot of pressures. And the one thing that you want to do for Patrick Mahomes is give him the solidarity that he is not going to be bothered and not going to be touched whatsoever during a game. Because if that is the case, and Patrick Mahomes is still going to play the style of quarterback that he's going to play, I would assume for the next few years, 27, he'll be 28 next year, so probably till around the time he's 30, which, boy, is that not something awesome to think about when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Like when he becomes the stop three-step drop-back guy on the spot and finds two targets in three seconds and you can't stop it unless you sack him, boy, that's going to be fun. But again, you find a guy, yes, you lose Andrew Wiley. No doubt about that. You do lose Andrew Wiley. A good right tackle, gets paid, goes to see his former offensive coordinator and Eric Bieniemy reunited. But again, addition by subtraction. Yes, you lose, but you add. Because you're losing someone who gave up pressures. You're losing someone who gave a little bit of questionable thoughts in the mind of the quarterback at times to a guy now who is going to be hungry, consistent, and ferocious. And again, I don't know what the Laramie Tunzel market is. I don't know where the numbers are there, but there are reports that the Chiefs and Laramie Tunzel have been in conversations. Maybe not him personally, but agents and the way the NFL does its thing. So I do find that interesting because... If, in fact, you do get Laramie Tunzel and you put him as your left tackle, a guy who they think could fit into this locker room, could be a guy that would just be, you know, hey, I'm here to, what do you say, make money and kill people? I mean, if that's not somebody that you want on your team and then also in the locker room just going to be one of those quiet, hey, let's do this, let's go out there and kick some ass, that sounds like a kind of guy I want in my locker room. And that sounds like the kind of guy that I want to protect the quarterback. You look at Creed Humphrey, nice guy, funny guy. Lovable guy, baby face, mullet. It's awesome. But when he's on that field, he punishes people. You look at Trey Smith, nicest guy you'll ever interview, ever get the opportunity to talk to him. Really low-key, calm, cool, collected. But, man, when he's on the field, he's murdering people. There's always video after every game of Trey Smith throwing somebody to another state. And you had a guy like Laramie Tunzel and a guy like Dewan Taylor to this line with Joe Tooney? Dear God. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. On the other side of the 7 o'clock hour kicks off, the core refocused. James Palmer also on Good Morning Football, what he had to say and what it means as the market continues to stretch out as we in two head to day three. Day two's in the books. Coming up on the other side after hours, it's James Palmer's audio, what it means for Juju Smith-Schuster and his market. Reggie Anaheim, stay tuned. Blake, Dusty, after hours, 610 Sports Radio.